Well, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, my name is Charlie Gross, Associate Executive here in Donegal, and I'm glad to, uh, to host this, this conference call conversation. I've sort of called it Lunch and Learn on Thursdays in June of 2010. Um, I appreciate you taking the few moments out of your day to, uh, to lunch and learn some new ideas and um, always we're trying to, uh, to build up the kingdom of God, to partner with, uh, with God and, and the Spirit and Jesus Christ to, um, uh, to bring wholeness and abundance and vitality to, um, to the world. So, we're, so thank you for, um, for that. Uh, this, this free conference call, uh, it's free except for the fact that you have to pay either your minutes uh, to call to the 218 number, but it's provided by uh, freeconferencecall.com. And for that service, I'm exceedingly grateful. Um, let's uh, let's start with uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Holy, gracious, sovereign, uh, majestic Lord God, thank you for um, for gathering us across wires, across uh, with new technology. Thank you for sisters and brothers who gather uh, in your name. Uh, to proclaim your name and to to enjoy um, the fruit of um, the earth in lunch and the fruit of your spirit, um, as we um, as we try to uh, to get built up, to um, become better disciples, to be more faithful, and to um, to learn how that we can um, go and proclaim that great news, the abundant news of Jesus Christ, and it's in His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today's reflections are. Um, going to be a little bit about Diana Butler Bass, um, we, who was the keynote speaker at the Synod Summer Conference that just ended on Tuesday at, up at uh, Penn State. We were at the what was called the Penn Stater Conference Center, and it was my first time there. Um, my wife Lisa went up along with me. Uh, it's an easy two-hour drive from the Lancaster area. Anyway, it was a fabulous facility, gorgeous rooms, probably, possibly the best conference food we've ever had. And um, I had to stay away from the snacks, but uh, they just, it would just, <laughs> it just, they just poured that out. Um, the theme was simple gifts and simple acts. And it called us towards spiritual practices in the midst of the world's anxieties and fears and uncertainties that swirl all around us. Uh, the keynoter was Diana Butler Bath, and my material, I don't have a lot, but my material for today's reflections come from her addresses, from her keynote uh, addresses, as well as from a few of her handouts. Uh, to see more of her resources, it's pretty simple. It's www.dianabutlerbass.com if you want to know more about her or read some of her books. Um, she empathized with leaders today in that, in one of her statements, she said that leaders, when they try to make a difference and pull on various strings in the organization, usually the whole ball of yarn comes leaping out of the closet and unravels pretty quickly. Um, this fact can cause some leaders to give up or not to try or to back away due to fear. Now, she said that if we turn our issues into problems, then they demand a fix, a solution. She countered this by asking us to learn to live differently by sensing the beauty and the possibility all around us and challenged us to offer a picture or a vision of the future 
that's compelling and propels people toward its fulfillment. So she's, you know, saying um, that as leaders and as spiritual leaders and as family leaders, as you know, as people of God, uh, we're constantly trying should be looking toward um, uh, painting that picture of shalom of wholeness and um, and helping to draw people, uh, you know, toward that. Well, she sh- she then shared an awe-inspiring transformation story that occurred, and it's a long story, but I'm just going to tell you the the, the, <laughs> the bottom line of it. It's a long story of transformation that occurred at the Trinity Episcopal Church in Santa Barbara. Um, that church was basically on its on death's doors, and they were and the bishop was wrestling, was sending pastors there basically to close the church or just to just to keep it open until um, until the last person is gone, you know. So that there wasn't a lot of hope there, but due to a number of circumstances, the it, it turned around and is doing phenomenal ministry, and it's a phenomenal body of Christ now. The basis of this whole turnaround was nestled according to Diana Butler Bass, in the two questions that this community wrestled with uh, as a community, and they wrestled with them for some time. Uh, This is not instant pudding, and it's not a quick fix. But the two questions were, and and, and there's a pause here, and it's an important pause. And The first question is, who are we in God? So it's, who are we in God? And the second one is, what would God have us do? What would God have us do? Pretty simple questions. But as the community wrestled with those questions, a number of initiatives came out of it. And, it, and it, this, again, this took um, months and years to, to occur. But, um, but uh, you know, it, it, they... Actually, the, 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 the community was a little divided. The half of them were sort of like negative or naysayers. The other half said, no, you know what, there's hope and there's possibility here. And um, through wrestling with those, obviously the, the hope and possibility um, became, is, is, is even growing uh, today. Um, so now the story of Trinity is a wonderful tale of sisters and brothers working, discerning, and practicing faith and life together. This faithful community grew out of those two questions, who are we in God, and what would God have us do? But these two questions led them to three primary practices that this Trinity community engaged in. And those practices were hospitality, prayer, and theological reflection in small groups that they called base communities. Now, they called them base communities because it was too scary to call them Bible studies. Um, nobody wanted to, to go to another Bible study. Um, that scared people away. So they call them base communities, and they simply have theological reflection in small groups called base communities. Now, a, a, an aside to that is maybe you've heard, I think it was last year, the year before, the Willow Creek Association leadership, and I think it was through their, their um, reveal survey, discovered that one of the best practices for growth as a Christian 
is the reading of God's Word, and this is simple, reading of God's Word, and then having an accountability or a reflection partner to reflect with on that text. Uh, having someone, even a small gathering, to help you discover, what does this Word of God say to you today, and how do you and I live, live life in response to this Word? So it's, it's, it's not necessarily doing the dissecting of the, of the, the scripture, um, you know, for, for study's sake, but it's basically, it's the life application and it's the wrestling with, um, someone or a small group on what does this say to us? What does it mean to us today? And what, what difference should it make? How should we live differently? Um, you know, so how does this, what's actionable out of what we just read and what's the Spirit saying? Um, so that's what they discovered. Very, very simple. In fact, the Reveal survey didn't even say, I mean, they, they're not dissing worship, but they're saying that it's not necessarily mission trips, it's not necessarily um, simply small groups or other aspects or programs or Sunday school. It's, you know, one of the most powerfully correlated facts of growth is, um, is that wrestling with God's Word with an accountability person or a small group. Well, uh, back to Diana. Well, the Lilly Foundation uh, heard of some of her research. She has a Ph.D. in, in, in I think, um, religious studies, actually, or li- religious history. Well, they helped her to do some larger-scale research, and the key interview question that she and her um, researchers uh, used with, I forget how many congregations, but a whole bunch, was what is it, and here's the question, what is it that you do here in this con- congregation that has changed both your life and the life of the church in the last five to ten years? So what is it that you do here in this congregation that has changed both your life and the life of the church in the last five to ten years? Well, they discovered that the three strongest practices were, one, theological reflection, two, hospitality, and three, embracing diversity. So what's interesting for me is to see that the story of Trinity embraced the first two of those practices, the theological reflection and the hospitality. Well, Diana lists ten of the many possible practices in her book called Christianity for the Rest of Us, and she published that back in 2006. Well, her premise is that all of God's people are yearning for stabilizing practices to give them wholeness, vitality, and life. Uh, she spoke about the interviewing process and some of the answers that were given regarding why a congregation was practicing hospitality, and none of those answers concerned growth or filling the pews or meeting the budget. They all had some answer that was in response to Scripture, such as, well, Abraham and Sarah practice hospitality, so why shouldn't we? Or, or Jesus told us to welcome the stranger, so we're just trying to do what, what Jesus told us to do. So, again, it's interesting that it's oftentimes you'll hear, well, we need more people here, or we need, you know, we need people in here to meet the budget. But when she, truly the answer to, you know, why are we practicing hospitality, why are we embracing the other, and just why are we just so over the top, um, you know, excited about our faith, 
um, had to do with what Scripture um, wrote on their hearts, and not you know filling more butts in the more butts in the pew. So Diana closed one of one of the keynote addresses with a very touching story of of Epiphany Church in Washington D.C. This church had a wonderful ministry to the homeless in that area, and for some time they would they would not take an offering from these people, not even pass the plate, for they didn't want to embarrass these folks. Well, then, through some revelation or a change of heart, they decided that it was okay to pass the plate and have these homeless um, people of God give what they could in response to the Word of God. Well, when one of the ushers saw the small coins and the wrinkled-up dollar bills going into the plate, it changed him forever. He, he went home and, and, and told his wife, he goes, you know, we should really double our pledge. And it, it just changed him. Once he saw the response of homeless people um, giving, you know, what they had uh, in response to hearing God's word preached. Simple practices of faith over time change us. Well, there was a handout that we got that listed... Oh, a bunch of uh, Christian practices. Now, the, the the thing that, and maybe we can talk about this when I sort of stop here in a couple minutes. But you know, she tried to make the distinction of practices as opposed to programs. Um, you know, programs. She did not um, diss, or she did not say programs don't have their place. But I, what I got out of it was practices are. A, deeper, more meaningful, more um, from the heart than programs. Programs are sort of maybe surfacey or going through the emotions or doing things because we've always done them, but practices really take you deeper, um, you know, into, uh, into the purpose. And I'll just list some of the, uh, some of the practices that she lists are, um, one, theological reflection, that's connecting the stories of faith and life, uh, hospitality, which is welcoming the stranger. And one of their no- her keynotes says, you know, when you pray about or when you say you're going to welcome the stranger um, you, and truly strange people show up, <laughs> you, you, you get a sense that, oh, yeah, we, we're welcoming the people that don't look, smell, act, you know, behave like us. So be ready for that. Um, shaping diverse community means including everyone in the community, uh, contemplation, that's cultivating silence and quiet, uh, healing, restoring wholeness, discernment, which is listening to God, testimony is a practice, uh, which is simply telling your story, uh, forgiveness, creating the space for reconciliation, honoring the body, living the incarnation in ourselves and others, Household economics, that's arranging our households in relation to God's. Uh, Pilgrimage, that's understanding life as a journey. Uh, Worship, celebrating God, goodness, and justice. Uh, Peacemaking, creating shalom. Um, Doing justice, enacting God's reign in the world. And there's a a number of other ones. Uh, Friendship, dying well, charity, singing, journaling, uh, intercessory prayer, hourly prayer, keeping Sabbath, um, and, the, and that and and 
even this list says these are just suggestive, not inclusive. So um, practices like would be anything that would just deepen our sense of the holy and and probably partnering with God's kingdom building and um, and what's broken in the world and how do we intersect with um, uh, with the Spirit in in fixing that or in, in not fixing it but in um, in working toward um, wholeness. Well, let me close there and ask what are some of the practices that you're using or some possible practices you could use? Open it up for what are practices that you might be using now in your congregations or what are some on the drawing boards or pr possible practices that you might be considering? Anybody? Uh... Uh, Charlie, at Honeybrook, we do a weekly coffee hour every Sunday except Easter Sunday. Um, and I've defined it as an extension of the worship service because we really do people gather together, they get caught up, they invite any visitors over to, and they almost always come. And we really, we got hospitality down pretty well here, um, and we can always make it better. But it's just, it's such a nice thing. Every Sunday, we just immediately gather in the fellowship hall after worship, and it, it is, and it's it, it is an extension of our worship service. Hmm, it's an interesting way of, of looking at it. That's that's great. So the uh, yeah, so the celebration of God's goodness and of fellowship and of one anothering uh, continues there. Almost Absolutely, like a, it's almost like a passing, a, a extended passing of the peace, or taking the peace beyond the. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. It, it 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 just goes beyond. It's it's such a norm for us that it is. You know, we just there's a I should do the benediction after coffee hour. Wow, wow. Now, do you find that um, that people? I know at, at Chansford they once said. You know, we'd like to invite people to come worship with us because we have such a great time here. We really like one another. And I've never heard any <laughs> I've never heard any other church and I've been in a lot of them say how much they like one another. <laughs> I thought what a great concept in terms of that, and it makes them want to invite their neighbors or friends and they go, "Hey, you got to come see because we have a we have a blast." You know, so there's a long-standing joke here that more people come to coffee hour than worship. They wait out the parking lot, then come to coffee hour. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good. You you must be doing it right. That's good. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. All right. Any other reflections there? Um, well, my only other question is, um, what would be a next step? In gathering people around the the, um, the the questions, or gathering people around the conversations around the questions of who are we in God, and what would God have us do, or what are maybe what's God doing in our community, and what are new things that God would have us do? Maybe that's the question that you know to um, you know, to reflect on and think about and either leadership groups or small groups or maybe even uh, maybe even pose the maybe even in coffee hour um you know conversations or, or with coffee uh, any thoughts on that 
All right. Well, it's a, it's um, it's something to to uh, take away and think about. Um. Oh, hi. Uh, I, I I just realized I was muted. I was talking and there was nothing going on there. Can oh. you hear me? Oh yeah. No. Now now I can hear you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Heidi muted me. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think that she wishes she could do that more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go, go ahead. We we didn't hear a thing you said until you said, "Can you hear me now?" Or what? Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking about your haircut and. <laughs> uh, at at Nottingham, there there are uh, three small groups that are developing a greater sense of, uh, of of connectivity and accountability to one another and service toward one another. And I think that that's making a big difference. And they're not really called small groups. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is. We actually call it the small group. But um, And that's something where just younger adults uh, with, uh, with kids are getting together and uh, we get a babysitter so that we can ship the kids off to have all kinds of fun together while we talk about whatever's going on in our lives. Mm. And uh, that's beginning to take some shape and to form some deeper relationships where people are reaching within that small group to, uh, uh, to, uh, to support one another in more meaningful ways. The other two small groups, uh, we call one our spiritual formation on Tuesdays, where we've really taken that from surface-type questions and answers regarding text to a time of more personal sharing and allowing ourselves to be confronted by text and to, uh, and to share those confrontations, to, uh, to be humbled and to be changed. Um, and then the third, and I love seeing this happen here, is that session. Um, our session meetings have really developed to be more of a small group than just a business group, mm. where the devotions at the beginning are not perfunctory they're 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 taking a half hour or more of our time and nobody minds uh to mm-hmm. take that time and to bounce off of one another the uh the ideas of scripture and who we are as disciples of Christ. Mm. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's um that's some good stuff. Sounds like excellent, um, you know, places of um, ferment for 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 the spirit to to work and to to um, yeah shape shape the uh, the body in new ways and um, you know who knows what what can come out of it only only God knows right <laughs> yeah yeah well particularly with session my hope is that the elders will take what we're doing in session and also bring it into their team meetings mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. to. Develop greater sense of connectivity uh, within their teams of uh, mentoring and discipleship. Yeah, we do a similar thing in our session meetings with, with our devotions where there's a lot of scripture, a lot of time to just reflect on the scripture, and I'm, I'm really getting out of this idea of session meeting as let's read all these reports that we can read on our own time. If they don't need to be discussed, they don't need to be discussed. If we understand everything, we read it, we act on what we have to act on, but we spend more time becoming 
you know, developing our own spiritual lives because we are the spiritual leaders. So if we're not strong spiritually, the congregation won't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Same kind of thing. Super. Well, I really, I really appreciate your your leadership and your heart for um, for Jesus Christ and for God's people. Um, the way that, it, it, you know, so so thank you for um, uh, for following Christ and for um, do, for doing an awesome job. And I can't wait to see what um, <laughs> what God will do um, in your uh, in your body and in your um, in the in your area, your local area. So it's. You know the, the the mustard seed is growing, and the kingdom is is growing, and and the world's changing because of um, because of that kind of work, because because of your hearts. So, thank you. Anything else for today? Uh, I, I will close with a prayer. Or I'll, is there anything else before I close with a prayer for GA and travel and summer fun and all that stuff that's happening? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see you next week, right, Bill, or are you going to be around? I will be there, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, Heidi and David, um, thank you, and um, let's, let's pray together. Okay. Holy and almighty God, we give you thanks for this time together and for um, the way that your um, spirit is shaping our hearts and our minds and our lives and changing this world. Lord, continue to um, work in us, through us, around us, and, um, and support us, um, that we might be more and more faithful, make more and more disciples, um, grow in our um, walk with you, um, and just continue to spread those seeds and tell the great news. Lord, we do pray for the General Assembly that's about to meet in a week or so, and for the commissioners that they might truly seek um, Christ's will, for our body and for, for to lead us into um, to a vibrant future that you hold. Uh, for you truly are sovereign and, um, and in control, and we love you and we thank you. So we give it all. We thank you in the name above every name, and that being Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Charlie.